up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Allie Deichman. That's right, and also with us this week is... Yeah, it's Ben, Poppin' Forest, I got a channel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and this week, we're going to be talking about Ben and Poppin' Forest. Oh boy. Hey! Oh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah. I know, I wouldn't want to tune out for that. Nope, right? not at all. <laughs> uh, and well, at the end, we're going to be... Uh, well. Ben's going to be answering some questions that are all directed yeah. at him. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, Ben, how are your games this week? Uh, they were pretty fun. Uh, the game which I ran uh, this week was kind of a homebrew one, uh, where they're continuing kind of the storyline in, in my traditional fantasy world. And um, the plot line that they were chasing down was that there was this dungeon that had appeared out of no- nowhere. There was an earthquake and this mountain appears. And people go in to explore and they're coming out with these gold and gem and jewels and stuff like that. Lucrative. And some people... <laughs> aren't coming out at all Mm -hmm. and so they're going in to explore and figure out what's going on kind of get to the bottom of it and what they slowly are starting to understand is that the dungeon has a way of kind of feeding on people who have died like they someone dies and then the body just kind of vanishes oh Oh. so it's not even like tuba horrors where like the soul gets taken it's just like no and it's (laughs) and the the treasure in a way is just kind of to lure people inside of it and so they're trying to get to the bottom of it and figure out what's going on um and uh right now we're sort of this is sort of getting kind of towards the end of a campaign and i'm i'm sort of starting to think like okay what do i want to do right now with our campaign world because Mm -hmm. for me it was um i started the campaign world everything was broken everything's there's wars there's people (laughs) killing people there's demons coming in a fantasy setting you say yes a very (laughs) traditional fantasy setting and as the storyline has progressed the players have dealt with a lot of the issues kind of going around in the world and so i'm at a point where the world is sort of becoming more peaceful because of the player's actions. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. And I have to figure out a way either like, to do I that. <laughs> do I want to tie a bow to it and kind of have it come to a conclusion or do I want to have more terrible, horrible things happen to <laughs> yeah. it? And so I'm sort of getting to this point of, of I got to figure out what is the world. Do I want mm-hmm. it to be kind of this uh, constantly evolving thing that's continuing or do I just want to kind of wrap it up and say like, that's sort of getting, we're getting to the end of the campaign. Yeah. yeah. That is always a tough one. Uh, to, to end or not to end. Yeah, that might be a future topic about, like, how do you know to end a homebrew campaign? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else happening with that one? Mm. Oh, there was another thing is the dungeon. Uh, there were several puzzles that they had to figure out. Um, there were three which I was using. One involved, it was sort of this Tetrisy like thing where they had to, there were these bookshelves and they had to fit them together in a particular <laughs> shape. But the trick was is that there was a fight happening because this fire would produce these like zombies that were would come out and attack them naturally and so they had to figure out a way to move and then try and move these blocks while they're getting fight you know worry about attack or so opportunity and oh no the monster is standing on the location i need to fit this block <laughs> can someone kill him so i can push this block into it um, hey guys could you could you move the zombie a little bit a little bit to the left <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and uh there were two uh two other puzzles that i used one was like a word puzzle which uh involved these books and because they were in a library, so there was a lot of library mm-hmm. themed puzzles. Right. And uh, there was one involving these books, and they had to put them in certain locations. And the players were sitting there like, huh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And then there was a riddle, there was like a puzzle. And I'm like, oh my God, they think I'm way smarter than I actually am. <laughs> that is every puzzle I've every ever single done. One. It's just, it just involves the first letters of the <laughs> alphabet. It's alphabetical. That's the say, answer. Uh, working at a bookstore, Trevor and I understand it. Is this alphabetical by yeah, author? No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is this by author, by subject? Yeah. Then 
Then there was another puzzle which I used where I was like lighting these torches and someone like walked into the room and was like, oh, we have to light this one and this one. And I was like, Oh, no. <laughs> and they it was they solved the puzzle within like 15 20 seconds and it's funny having both of those puzzles back to back one they're like they're thinking like oh maybe it's this maybe it's that and then a while and i have to kind of like actually here's a few hint and then here's another hint and blah, blah. and then there's the other one where they just uh like i had this whole combat planned for if they screwed up mm-hmm. where it's like if they just mo- miss move the r- wrong one once i got them there's going to be a combat and then because they immediately figured it out right from the first clue, it was like, okay, never mind. You get the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't uh, I, I can't remember exactly the puzzle. You were there for this one. I did the, I did a puzzle and the answer to it was uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Oh it, yeah. It was and, a door. Yeah. Yeah. It was a door that went let them through. And when they figured that out, Eric screamed at me. <laughs> it was like this most angry scream. Like, are you Fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I always love it when, when players are like, oh no, it has to be this, because that'd be too easy. You're just like, but it is too it easy. Is how it is. Oh god. <laughs> it's the answer. Uh Ali, how about you? You got any uh games stuff going on? Yeah. Uh I had a fun game this week. Um a couple of them. One of them was my regular Wednesday game. Uh, they finally got to the High Forest. They're meeting up with a group of NPCs that they actually sent there about four in-game months ago. The Barrett Dondorian of your campaign. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they're they're about to sending them and mess and, and meet up with them and figure out where the ultimate villain is. Well, not the ultimate. Valindra isn't the person they're going after, but mm. one of the big bads they're going after. There's multiple bad there guys. There are multiple <laughs> big bads, and, and they, they know that. <laughs> and the second you defeat one villain, it's just a, a just a vacuum for the next one to sweep in. <laughs> I just realized right now, my players have actually seen every single big bad already because nice. they and I've actually had an encounter with them too they've actually fought against them already nice <laughs> but um yeah so they're, they're gonna meet up with the three of them and they're gonna figure out where they're gonna go from there uh not spoilers for that because i know spencer's listening so <laughs> <laughs> spencer turn it off <laughs> okay what's the answer <laughs> skip ahead <laughs> three minutes <laughs> um and then fun enough i actually had an idea for a campaign and we did that this sunday where it's a roommate campaign where it's what? literally just not not in-game roommates, but it's my roommates oh, in the real I'm life. Like, are you playing oh, Freeze Company? And no, we're gonna be doing a campaign in this one singular room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't let like... the Lord of Lands know that you have a third person in here. Yeah, <laughs> real bad. Um, pretty much, and I'm, I'm setting it up in a way so that way, the first dungeon that we're going into, and I also have a, a player in it too because. Cody's actually one of the players has voiced that he wants to DM. And oh. so I kind of have it set up so that way anyone can DM this game and anyone can drop in or out depending on if they're busy or not. Oh, and cool. if we they just want to play, yeah, yeah we, nice. if we just want to play, then we can just play. And so I I was I took inspiration from you and your Knights of Skyreach, Trevor. <laughs> what I do. Uh, so <laughs> Did you do something? <laughs> they're they're going into the woods eventually and they're going to find this lone tower and goblins have infested it and they're going to go in and they're going to realize oh it goes down and they're going to go through and clear out the whole dungeon because you know they're goblins and then they're going to find like this one main room where there's like a huge orb and they're going to figure out how to activate it and realize the whole thing's lifting up out of the ground and it's a cloud <laughs> castle so <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice so to it's gonna fair, 
I didn't write that original cow- I know. podcast. Like, y'all just took it. <laughs> I know we did. But the, the part that's inspiration from you is that we're actually going to use that as a home base. Oh, cool. And so if people aren't there, um, because my group tends to like to role play a lot, if they aren't there, they don't have to explain away saying, oh, I mean, I was there the whole time. No, they can just be like, no, I wasn't there. I was at the castle the whole time. There you go. Good, good oh, yeah. Reason. yeah. Yeah, which gives them a good drop in, drop out. Because it's like sometimes you have that. I've used like guilds before where it's like, why didn't you show up? Like I was back at the guild. I had another work <laughs> yeah. to do. Yeah. You know. I have a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, that was pretty fun. And we had a lot of, we had a blast doing that. Nice. I could see Sam and Frodo like, Sam, why weren't you here? I have gardening to do. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, you know what my job is. For <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trevor, what about you? What were your games? Um. So... They don't. There isn't any. <gasps> that whole reason is like, oh yeah, so we can just play and you know, drop in and drop out. Yeah, that's not where we're at in the storyline. I need everybody there. It was <laughs> one of those where I'm just like, you all made a plan and each of you have a part of it, <laughs> and one of you can't make it. Yeah. So we're just gonna we're just gonna try for next week. Uh, they, they, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, they're well, they're heading towards Omu. The big fucking showdown is is getting ready to happen, and I'm like. <laughs> Friday. Friday. Yeah. Friday. <laughs> Come down to Omu. See the giant fucking dragon. <laughs> it's, all, it's all like fucking like it's got cuts in it from like being on a VHS. Um but yeah, so hopefully that's gonna happen next week. But other than that, I've been boring as fuck. Nice. <laughs> but well, you know what's not boring as fuck? Huh? Our news! Yeah. We're gonna go check some broadsheets. Um, and so the first one we got up is Beetle and Grimm sold out of their descent into Avernus Platinum boxes before they were even released. Yeah, before they even shown or teased yeah. or anything. I mean, some of it had been shown, I think, at um, a couple of shows. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the most part, they haven't shown the whole thing yeah. yet. And I know Matthew Lillard especially wanted this to happen with the Waterdeep box. Yeah. And <laughs> they were a little disappointed that it didn't, but they eventually did sell out of those. Mm-hmm. And they think they... I think they still have some salt marsh boxes which is a silver tier one but yeah they actually sold all out of all of the platinum boxes and unlike the suggestion of matthew lillard to me i was not able to sell my non-vital organs to get one <sighs> not in mm-hmm. time so <laughs> yeah plus descent is like a big release because it's like yeah. you had the water deep that was a big release and then salt marsh i kind of felt was kind yeah. of like like it's a good book and everything it's just like yeah. it was sandwiched in between descent and then yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Waterdeep. like tales of the yawning portal where it was like oh, it was more like a series of adventures more so than an entire campaign Did, book. Didn't Descent get announced like the week before Salt Marsh released? It was Pretty something much. weird like that. We're oh, just yeah, like, yeah, I'm so excited that. for Salt Marsh. And then Descent is like, what's Salt Marsh? Give me fucking Avernus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I think they, they got a little gung ho and their release time was a little odd. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, so um, I, I do know, like, I want to get one of these Beetle and Grim boxes at some point. But it kills me that it's like they release like two months after the actual book comes out. And I'm uh, like, oh, but I want it now. I know. <laughs> you just, yeah, you have to get it. And then you have to get the regular book and then start playing I, that and, and switch over. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's what I do because I'm mm-hmm. a whore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of things Trevor is a horror of, he bought the Tyranny of Dragons book today. Oh, that yeah. Came oh, out. boy. Yeah. It, so, if I recall, wasn't that the first one you ran? You it was. Ran? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, you were talking about this. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and which was one of the com- contributing reasons why I wanted to get it is because, like, this is the first campaign I ran. Yeah. I wanted to look pretty. But I did find out that they, I didn't just buy it because I'm a whore. They actually did update things. Yeah, they updated I didn't know entirely. About yeah. yeah. Yeah, they updated, uh, from what I know, they updated, uh, uh, what's that first town called? Greenest? Yes. I yeah. believe it is Greenest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they updated that to be a little more cohesive <laughs> and flowy. Um, 
personally, I hope they updated that cabin part where oh, you just gosh. teleport to I another hope. part of Fey Room. <laughs> I hope. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> reasons. The best kinds of I love my reasons. reasons. <laughs> Why are we here finding a Syrac? Because. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the unfortunate thing is the West Coast got their shipments delayed. Yeah. I tried uh, two different of uh, friendly local gaming stores today and both of them were all like, no, we're yeah. getting them in like Thursday, maybe. Yeah. No confirmation. And then the second one I called said, yeah, apparently like Wizards and their shipment to the West Coast stores kind of got flubbed up somewhere. And so they're a little bit delayed, but. Yeah. So if you went looking for it and you didn't find it, that might be wise. So go back and check like on, I guess, Thursdays or Fridays or something. Yeah. Call first. Do things. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Um, but yeah, the next piece of news that we got is uh, next week, the book, uh, The Monsters Know What They Are Doing is releasing. I've actually been able to read this book over the last couple of days. Yeah. I don't agree with everything in it, but I do think that it is a pretty interesting book. I, I don't know what that is. What is okay. The Monsters Know? <laughs> oh, well, let me tell you then. I'll put on my impure voice. No, uh, I really don't know what, what the book yeah, is. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I know you are. I just felt like doing an impure voice. Um, <laughs> So there was a blog. Well, there still is a blog. It didn't like blow up or anything. Uh, there was a blog called uh, "The Monsters Know or Know What They're Doing," and it was this guy. Uh, crap, I didn't write out his name, and I'm a terrible person. Sorry, author who's probably not listening to this. Um, that he wrote blogs for different types of monsters in D and D Fifth Edition. So okay. like humanoids, dragons, zombies, stuff like that, and wrote out kind of in an essay format how they should act in combat. Okay. Yeah. And so, it you know, it gives stuff that's like, oh, you know, like, wormlings, you know, they're small and whatnot, and they'll come up onto the surface, and, you know, black and green uh, wormlings will hide underwater and kind of come up like crocodiles. And so it was kind of like this interesting, almost like... It was kind of like lore, but it was more specifically tied to how they fight in combat, like encounters. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it, it almost kind of made me think of, like planet earth like david attenborough's like describing dragons for you in the wild you see a dragon flying over <laughs> and picks someone up and carries them <laughs> off <laughs> uh, <laughs> how beautiful <laughs> happy place i'm being killed <laughs> um but the, the the thing that i don't quite like about it is like i do appreciate that he gets into mechanics like he'll say like you know like a goblin will move it into combat make an attack then use a bonus action to disengage but um the thing is, though, is like it gets a little too metagamey for me. Yeah. Where it's like he says at one point, like, "Oh, a goblin hiding would never shoot at an enemy who has cover because they know that they'd lose their advantage because of the disadvantage of shooting into cover." I'm like, "You're okay. It doesn't know the mechanics. It's a goblin." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, like, uh, like because I. I try not to have a lot of metagaming going on at my table, so I kind of do that in the same respect. So like, I'm not going to do a lot of metagaming on my side. Yeah, and that might be something that we talk about further later is yeah. the DMing metagaming. Yeah, but this <laughs> book, it's a big old book, and like it's yeah. in essay format. I do think there's a lot of good stuff in here, and I am going to read it. Because yeah. I, I, there's been some things that I learned that I'm like, wait, they have what? And I go check my phone, I'm like, oh my god, I never read that. Yeah, <laughs> so. a lot of the monster stats... Uh, like have the DMs infer how the monsters will react based on their yeah. actions and everything like I that. I mean, some of them do, like the dragon section in the book is the biggest section they have. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't quite go into as as much of a depth as this guy is. Yeah. I always uh, by Keith Ammon, by the way. Oh, hey. 
Oh no! Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah those yep. it's guys. like the D's section is is the biggest part of that. It's like you got yeah, the dragons, dragons, the devils, demons. demons. Yeah, and then <laughs> afterwards you go into the giants, and that's also a big section. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that book might be worth checking out. Um, our next piece of news: Puffin Force released an episode today. You wow! Yeah, he that's, did. That's pretty wow. cool. Wow! Yeah, that's, man. Oh my god! Really cool. Such go go cool check it out. Too. Yeah, that's. Hey. Hey Ben, what's it? What's it called? What's it called? It's called uh, it's D and D fourth edition was a game. <laughs> it was in it fact a game. Was. It was a game. Yes, it was in fact a game. So everyone here started with fourth edition. Yeah. 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 Like oh, I, I actually I did not know that you started with fourth edition. Yeah. Um. I like. Oh God. I started. I did a game for her and much people at Game Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and were you there yes I, well i was not there when trevor it was what happened is i came in when it was like just us and i remember you had to leave there was a moment where we're all at That's game empire right, yeah. and you had to leave and we're like trevor please and we'd been there for like an oh hour God, and you're right. like i i gotta go and then <laughs> and then we said like please how do you make a character and it's like uh and I was like, I gotta go. Uh, just <laughs> fill out the numbers in the bubbles. And <laughs> this is fourth edition too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's terrible of me to just left you guys with those fucking characters. I don't. I don't even. I think I had to go like to work or something yeah. like that. Because like, yeah, 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 that's oh my god. Okay, so yeah, you. So that wasn't. You weren't there for that one. Uh, well, it was us like yeah. as you're leaving the store, like, can you give us a one minute, two minute explanation yeah. of how a character is made in <laughs> yeah, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons? I think I think it was fine. I yeah. think I mean, I mean that was it. That yeah. was it. You fill yeah. out the numbers. Yeah, the numbers. in the end, that's what it is. Yeah. So, but you weren't there for the Bartholomew. I incident. was not there. Yeah, no, uh, Eric freaking Eric had a freaking cleric. First game of D and D ever. He finds a horse in a dungeon and immediately goes, it's mine. I name it Bartholomew. I ride it through the rest of the dungeon. <laughs> I was in the aftermath of that where he had this Bartholomew and he had this horse. And then the DM kept kind of like saying like, okay, the horse doesn't come with you. He was like, no, we are figuring no. out a no, way we're to get figuring this. Out. Oh, wait, he kept Bartholomew? Yeah. In the- oh, yeah. My God, I didn't <laughs> know yeah. that. He, oh, yeah. I believe the term was Satan's dong. Yeah. yeah. Or Bartholomew. Oh, God. Yeah, he had two names. He had two names. <laughs> But yeah, so fourth edition was a game. And <laughs> the the thing like it was funny listening. Uh, I watched listen on the drive over. Don't do that. Um, well, it was funny like uh, hearing what you had to say about it because like we tried out fourth edition again this year. Oh gosh, yeah. And it was one of those like oh we're because I wanted to wrap up my old fourth edition. I game. got the books because I wanted to play it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like I I actually. Uh, like I got everybody's characters made. I made mm-hmm. them just like they used to be. Because I didn't and... even get to that. Because I I realized like, oh no, I'm gonna have to make everyone's characters. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. And because yeah. the problem also is that with fourth edition, you don't have as much like online resources to access. Because yeah. with fifth edition, like oh, there's character maker creators, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. But a lot of the websites and stuff that they used to have that would make up the characters, those are just not there yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the resources are kind of gone. You can still find the PHBs online, but I I, I have I've heard rumors that there are ways to get such programs that let you make fourth edition characters but it, it, it's a maybe google but yeah so like we got together i i got my old group back together after you know five six Blues years. brothers yeah yeah, 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 yeah. essentially and, and ali ali joined in on it and we were like, okay, let's do a practice game before we actually do this one. Oh my god. Holy shit. <laughs> 
because we played level 21. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to throw a beholder at him because I never got, I, I haven't used a beholder in years. 938 HP. Yeah. Yeah. And then not only that, but the attacks are doing like three weapon damage or something yeah. like that. So 3D, like if you do a high level encounter power, it's like the highest stuff is like, uh, oh, it's dealing like 30 damage or something. Yeah. And so it's it's a slog fest yeah. to get uh, and, the HP and, down. And like you were saying in the video, it was like you had basically three powers. It's like, I use this one, this one, this one, or this one, this, this one. Um, at one point, someone was like, I don't think I have anything left. I'm like, you use your basic melee. And they go, ew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how bad it was. Like, basic melee was just a bad decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, what a what a, what a game! So, so, so you guys fought a beholder. Did you guys actually eventually defeat the beholder, or was it like, we oh, we got yeah. halfway, we got yeah. the bloody and it ran away? Or oh no, no, no. we uh, we, we they actually didn't end up defeating it. it. It was fun, but it would like as soon as we were over, I was like, that was a lot of fun and a trip down memory lane. Let's not do that next week. Well, I'm just gonna <laughs> convert all this to fifth. Edition. And like everyone was like, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that that next week game ran so much smoother. Yeah. Um. But that was, I, I will say that's one thing I do miss from fourth edition is bloody. I loved bloody. Yeah, I actually, I did cool. like it. The the yeah. problem though I do remember from bloodied was someone had a thing where they got plus one damage on a bloodied, and so he'd always have to ask, "Is he bloodied? Is he bloodied? Is he bloodied? Is he bloodied? Is he bloodied?" And it's like, "No, I'll tell you if he's bloodied," <laughs> and then he'd be bloodied and he'd forget. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, we got one piece of dungeon keeping, and uh, that's that I'm going to be on Respawn Aim Fire next week. Yay! Um, Yay. I, I don't know in what regard. I may be co-hosting or guesting. I don't know, but I'm going to be on there because Chad can't be there. So I'm going to be on that. So take a listen next week. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so let's move on to our first topic, which is... I lied. There's still some more dungeon keeping. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Uh, if you're new to the show, we do reviews every 10 episodes. We started off the show with a review of Storm King's Thunder. 10 episodes later, we did Curse of Strahd, and now we're doing Xanathar's Guide to Everything. We know that's not a campaign like we did the other ones, but we want to review supplements as well, so this is going to be the first one we're doing. So if you have any thoughts, opinions, or reviews of your own, or even questions about the book, send them in to difficultyclass at gmail.com. It's probably also worth mentioning that Respawn Aim Fire is a, a different podcast, is a video game podcast, and it's hosted by my friends Chad and Holden. It's really fun, really awesome, and I'm going to be on next week's, which is Tuesday's episode. So, uh, you know, if you want to listen to that, that'd be cool. We're going to be talking about video game news that's come out since then, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all the other stuff that I forgot to say. So now back to your regularly scheduled episode. Oh my god, this is fine. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Okay, next topic. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming onto our podcast. Yeah, for having me. I guess we should say that at some point. Thanks for being on here. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So, I mean, I know how you got into D&D. Uh, yeah. <laughs> give, the, give the story, because we both started at the same time. Maybe, maybe we should probably say, you two played D&D together. Yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah, we were actually, uh, we've been playing, or we played, five years ago, we both got into D&D at the same time. Yeah. And we both got in fourth edition, and we played a campaign for a while, uh, for like a year and a half. Uh, it was like longer than that. Longer it, than felt, that. it felt longer yeah. than that. <laughs> That's fourth edition longer. for you. <laughs> 
it's it was all it was difficult exactly to pinpoint how long because it's like sometimes it's like oh it's start stop or it's like yeah oh we play and then we don't play it for a a month or two and And then then we'll just pause and do call cthulhu for like four months yeah oh yeah did you run that one yeah i ran yeah that's right yeah yeah and then, uh, and then I got back into it when you guys when we were doing fifth edition and we were playing that for like two or three years. Yeah, we were still playing it. Oh yeah, you were you were there when I when I joined in on a couple. Of yep. games. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah you had we're, been playing that as the Dragonborn, the Dragonborn <laughs> that had a family. Yeah, <laughs> and all of you were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were you were Kevin at that point, right? Yeah, it was so Kevin. Those, yes. Yeah, yeah. Correct. I fucking love that yeah, game. Kevin Boy Fuego. Like the Full like name. for this whole combat, you were completely quiet. And then all of a sudden it's like, man, it's your turn. Kevin goes in and casts fireball. So like this <laughs> tiny, <laughs> small, quiet person just walks yeah fun fact kevin's also my first uh player character death oh yeah yeah <laughs> what yeah yeah, yeah i actually I, I, knew about that. I actually mentioned it before um it was going against funny enough the villain they're going after now uh he was gonna thunderstep away because everyone was going and into him i didn't realize that was you <laughs> yeah like kevin was on the ground because oh suddenly the wizard was dealing a ton of damage against yeah, yeah, the bad right. guys they're like oh Let's finish this wizard off. <laughs> By the way, I have jabbed my constitution. I believe I had oh god thirty hit points at tenth level or something it was like that. So bad. At ten, <laughs> it was really bad. I roll dice. I like to live dangerously. <laughs> oh my god. And yeah, he the wizard took him out in like one cantrip, and was all like, "Okay, cool. I'm also gonna thunder step away when all these people and your friends try to help you." And then Kevin's lifeless body just. Oh. flipped over <laughs> from the thunder and i'm like oh no yeah <laughs> everyone panicked it was a good time it was a good time <laughs> well, he died but only for a bit <laughs> <laughs> well so so like she said like you know she knows how you got into to D&D, like yeah. fourth edition okay. stuff but like and you, and you talk about it in your video today uh but like you said that when you first played fourth edition like you didn't like it I really did not like it because the thing is that all of our friends are here, we're playing and stuff yeah. like that, and then they're like, "Oh, well, this ability does this, and this does this, yeah. and blah blah blah." And then going through the character creation, like I've just in fourth edition character creation, I just was not a huge fan of it. Yeah. It's like, oh, you do you pick these different powers, and then you find out that like only one stat actually technically matters to your character's mm-hmm. build. Like in as a, um, it will be either like strength or wisdom or something like that, and then all your powers just derive from that one yeah. ability. And so I made the character. And it was really slow. And then I started playing and it was just like playing like a really slow board game for like two hours. Mm-hmm. And then, and but I really liked the role playing. And yeah. so I think everyone's perception. Oh, by the way, eight players. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember when, yeah, that was tough. Yeah. I don't know why we decided to start with eight people. Probably because that's I, it was just because to play. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> no one else could find a group. But anyway, so we played and I think it was also we had this mentality of like, oh, we're going to learn the system. And once we learn, it'll be smoother. And what from what I found, whenever that happens, like you get a little bit more streamlined, but yeah. it's never like sudden. It oh yeah. It what I was expecting was it's like oh it's two hours it's gonna go down to twenty minutes didn't happen. <laughs> um, so and then uh, but anyway and then so we're playing 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 and I really loved the the group I, I liked everyone else and yeah. stuff like that and um, plus you know you have that that new player atmosphere of like you're trying to figure out 
like what you can do and can't do and you're yeah. pissing people off and you don't realize you're pissing people <laughs> off like oh i'm just gonna steal from everyone and then why are they unhappy or it's like you're the person who constantly gets stolen from it's we had that kind of it was a that first group that we played with was a mixture of both like uh us learning the system and then figuring out what we wanted and uh i remember in fourth edition like uh the thing is that this is our first first edition and so because of that we don't really know how to mod the system yeah we don't understand the concept of like you can just homebrew and make stuff up yeah. to get it yeah. and plus we're using online character creation tools and so they <laughs> oh yeah just no. the, yeah. uh i remember i was so addicted to those online character creation tools that i wouldn't give my care my players loot until they leveled up because i didn't <laughs> want to print out new pages for them <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah no i remember my character packet because I was a spellcaster, so I was a warlock, so I had just, like, four pages of encounter powers. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do all these things, I think. I don't think I should have had that many, <laughs> yeah. but I did. Yeah, fun fact, <laughs> found out. You weren't supposed to. No. Neither was my why? entire group. Uh, why? How did that happen? So so when on the, the character creator site, it just had all of the of powers you could ever use. Yeah. And none of us realized, like, oh, no, you're supposed to. You're supposed to pick ones. <laughs> that would explain why my wizard had a novel in front of him yeah. <laughs> of just page after page after page of spells. Was that was that fun to play? Was it fun to play with the character with I all mean, that stuff? I mean, he did have fun with it because <laughs> yeah. he was just like, I have all the power. But, yeah. uh, but then I realized, like, when we played fourth edition, this stuff, like, buddy, you only have this many. He goes, what? I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah, because I think they give you a, a choice of, like, here's five, and you get to pick yeah, two get, like, or something like that. Yeah, you five of each thing, and then, like, but two But the character daily. creator just gave you all of them there because they were like, oh, you can print them out and then cut them out. And then choose. Pick. Yeah. But it was like, no, it's not supposed to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do also remember I played as a war priest, and war priests do not get to pick powers. No. Yeah, you were saying that in the, yeah, the video. Correct, because yeah. the thing is that war priest is a like it was released in a secondary book yeah. and so no- most of the time it'd be like oh here's this character and here are these different builds for it and then when they'd really supplemental they'd have like other builds but the problem is that a war priest was like off on its own like yeah. it was his own separate yeah. class I vaguely remember that. that was like a there was a dwarf for the the iconic character right yeah 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 because I, I first when you're talking about it in the video i thought you meant warlord but yeah war priest was yeah it was just in this one thing off on its own and no as, one ever saw it. As 4th yeah. edition often does. It has yeah. its own whole yeah. book and all that good stuff. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. it was it was also with 4th with edition, It's the thing is you had the four roles. And mm-hmm. so a class was just kind of like a reskinning of yeah. one of those roles. And so they'd sometimes have the similar powers. I talk about in the video how it's like you have inspiring word, healing word, yeah. majestic word. And they're very similar <laughs> powers that just kind of get reskinned. Yeah, it made me think of that office meme. It's the same picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... um. But also getting into just like uh, me starting, you know, we were playing, playing, playing. And then I'm like, I really, I ended up running Call of Cthulhu because I wanted to run a game that's not Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I, yeah. And part of the reason why I went to Call of Cthulhu was I was kind of sick of the system. It's like, you know, it was like, oh, I don't want to have these two hour long fights. I just want to role play. And so that's why I ran Call of Cthulhu. And that's literally I, all Call of Cthulhu was for us. And I, and I remember, <laughs> God, I remember years ago, like Ali told me like, oh, Ben's going to run Call of Cthulhu for us because like I've I've I wanted to play that game for so long. I bought <laughs> yeah. 7th edition all this stuff, and I still oh, haven't cool. got a yeah. chance to play it. Right? <laughs> um, but I was like, has, has Ben played Call of Cthulhu before? And she's like, no. I'm like, Ben, ben is a brave man. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will warn you. Like, here's the thing is that Call of Cthulhu is such a simpler game and that, than that was anything compared else. To yeah, compared to 4th. Well, 
it, it, and I think the reason why I thought that was because, you know, fourth edition was all I'd seen. So, like, Call of Cthulhu was a different fucking language to oh, me. Oh, plus here's the other thing. No, is that Call of Cthulhu yeah. has its completely different lore. Yeah. Like, completely different lore. Yeah. Uh, and so you can't just, like, look at an orc and be like, oh, I know how this guy does. He runs up and bashes <laughs> no. You look at the thing. You're insane. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, that was actually my next kind of question. Um, So... You're the kind of guy to go into like a used bookstore and just find an Actually, RPG book. Actually, the first book. time you and I met at a used bookstore. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because I think I was in there. Yeah, <laughs> you and I bumped into each other. Like, oh hey, oh yeah, but Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> and then we, and then we left and we, we, went, <laughs> we went to the same so place <laughs> to game, and we just. And I remember the. Uh, I remember saying, "I'm like, I thought that was you, but I was too socially awkward to say it." And you said the same thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> we just because like there's those. Cause another thing to clarify is that you have this bookstore, and it has this one thin section of so RPG, small. used That's RPG, it. and I, I would go in. Just look at the RPG section and then go, oh, and then yeah. I'd leave. Yeah. And so we both did the same thing at the same store. The best way I could describe that interaction was two guys bumping into in a bathroom that had one urinal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, after, after you. Go, go, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, Call of Cthulhu was like, oh, sorry, you, you were asking a question. You do that. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna no, do that yeah. later. Well, so obviously I know that you really enjoyed playing Call of Cthulhu because I remember you showing up with like three of the books and you're like, yeah. I think I only need this one, but I also got these. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but is there another RPG that you actually have played or that you really want to play that you enjoyed? Okay, that I ran in. Because the thing is that I buy so many, like I'll go into a <laughs> store and I'll see one which is like cheap or something. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is cool. And you yeah, bring it home and then never play it. Yeah. And that's, it's, uh, I had gotten Exalted never played and i had gotten <laughs> animate um, the rpg yeah and then i had gotten um shadow of the demon lord which i never played and then know that one. oh you know i actually i saw that one on twitter shadow of the really demon lord apparently it's similar to like warhammer fantasy yeah. or War, something like that but anyway it was this it was this rpg that is um i don't know how to say it. it's like middling complexity kind of a thing where you have 10 like characters go up to 10 levels it's action oriented um stuff like that but it's um it's sort of a middle of the road difficulty, usual traditional fantasy where you have like orcs and goblins and stuff like that and humans mm-hmm. uh, traditional, but it's also very dark. Like in the yeah. book, there's a lot of like nudity and there's like a guy who's like watching a girl strip dancing like that's and he's using magic to produce oh, that's how you know it's like cool it's, and then there's like <laughs> wait so he's doing the thing everyone's always argued Green Lantern would do. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, there's and so it's a very like adult like, yeah. very dark kind of thing and it's the plot line I believe is it's like you're playing this fallen world and there's a demon lord who's going to come and take over and you're in the shadow of it and so these things are happening just from his presence you know mm-hmm. or something like that it's a really dark uh, thing there's a madness and stuff yeah. like that insanity it's almost like a call a combination of Call of Cthulhu and Dungeons Dragons but anyway I got the book and I read through it and I'm like I can't play this because <laughs> the problem is there are people who are D&D fans who will be like oh I want to play this and then there are people who call it Cthulhu fans and I feel like it's um it's also like it's a very complex like it's it, if it was really really simple you could say like oh this is a one shot you can just teach in 10 minutes but yeah. it's like eh, it takes a few sessions to get into it and that's that's something that's really a hard sell for people. Not like, to mention like, the lore, too. Like, if it were simpler, yeah. it'd always be like, oh, well, if you want to play Call of Cthulhu, but a little bit simpler, but also with some D&D <laughs> in there. But this one's just like, sounds like it's just basically half and half. 
So if you wanted yeah. to play one, you should just go play that one. Yeah, correct. And so, and it's um, it's interesting. Um, I'm trying to think what other ones I have gotten that I've actually like. I got icons, which I played for a while, mm-hmm. and that was fun. Yeah. Um, and then there was um, I had we had played a Fantasy Age, which was pretty fun. That was interesting. Oh, I like Fantasy Age. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was actually yeah. a lot of fun, and yeah. the character creation was. It was really easy. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> and so that that one worked a little bit better for one shot. Then there's this one which I feel like I'm the only person in the world who would actually. Are buy. you gonna say it? It's called Mutant Chronicles. Yeah. Okay. So there was. Okay, so there was a game called Mutant Chronicles, and the concept is the best way to pitch this is it's like Warhammer, uh, Warhammer 40k, where you have like elves, orcs, or yeah. and stuff like that. But it's like, it's just, you have the humans and then you have kind of these chaos space marines in a way. And it's like sci-fi future. And the concept is, um, I forget, it's it's this weird thing where you have the sci-fi technology and it was, it was building up, building up, building up. And it's this dark future. And then something corrupted all of the AI and all the electronics. Like there was a big stream. And then there's these warps opening and these things that were coming out that were basically demons coming out from this warp. And so humanity had to revert to older, like, steam <laughs> and, like, gas-powered technology. So it's sci-fi future, but they had to use gas-powered, like, chainsaws and stuff <laughs> oh like that. God. And um, in addition, you have different corporations that are fighting for power. It's this weird combination of, like... like Shadowrun. Yeah, yeah, it's like, Shadow I Run. love Warhammer, but I also Warhammer. like steampunk and Shadowrun. <laughs> and Shadowrun, <laughs> something like that. And it, it was... And actually, actually, it's called... It was not steampunk, it's dieselpunk. Dieselpunk <laughs> is, was the term. And I, I looked down, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Never gonna run it. No, <laughs> there is no way I'm gonna run this. That, that's, how, that's how it was with Shadowrun. Like we got that. I'm like, this is so cool. I'm never gonna play this. I think we as a group got Shadowrun. I know someone got the book and they were like really invested in looking through it. But we all kind of like looked at the book and we're like, uh... that sounds like me. <laughs> like I love Shadowrun the setting. Like so much so that like uh, at, at that bookstore, I actually found the original core rule book for Shadowrun. Oh, nice! Wow, cool. And my wife was just like, we gotta get that. That's like our coffee table. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Sh- Shadowrun. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> also, just to explain, like, what I found very complex about Shadowrun is the fact that um, there's many different kinds of characters, different yeah. character classes, and each one has their own rules for how they interact with the world and their own yeah. combat. Like, for example, <laughs> if you're a decker, you have your own rules for how you fight, how you hack things. Yeah. If you are a rigger, someone who uses bots and machines, you have your own separate rules for how you interact and yeah. fight. And then if you're if you use magic... If you use, if you're astral projection, because yep. you have an astral spirit that goes out, <laughs> it has its own separate rule system I, for how those interact. I took the fifth edition core rule book with me to work one day. It was when I was in, I was one of the parking lot times. So I could just yeah. do whatever the fuck I want all day. Uh, and I spent my five hour shift making a character. <laughs> and I got home and I told my wife this. And she goes, so how's your character? I went, I don't know. <laughs> I Are don't you know. done? Maybe. <laughs> oh my god so plus mutants masterminds fun but i uh, i always have to handhold people whenever they make characters i have heard so that much took about us that game. so long to make characters if i remember right right um i'm trying to remember the one time you made a character i believe you were playing mini yeah mini yeah yeah i remember that and it was also what sucked it was that i started the campaign when you weren't there and then halfway through you came in and then yep. you're like hey ben can you help me and i'm like no i'm busy running no. the game and so <laughs> and so you're like i think i have a character i'm like looking it over like i'm 
sure we'll, sure we'll go with that that sounds fun i remember that yeah because you you were literally running a game and i'm like i was gonna I, I run guess it. I'll, I'll make a character the problem is i was gonna originally my idea is i was like oh i'm gonna run this as a one shot and so i'm gonna start at like noon but then some people couldn't arrive until like three or four and so we've been playing for three hours some people come in they can't really i'm like oh okay just kind of like write some numbers <laughs> down and we'll make a character and i get yeah that one was tough i it's it's interesting because of the versatility and the character creation, but it's like, it's not, the problem is it's too complex and it's not really, a let me explain. People can't really play it as a game. It's like, they say, oh, I want telekinesis. So they buy telekinesis and then they have telekinesis, they can move things, but like, that's not a character. That's mm -hmm. just a, one that's thing that they power. can do. Yeah. You have to stat out every single thing that yeah. you want to be able to do. And that sucks. Um, but also another system that I looked into, which I bailed on very quickly, was GURPS. Oh, God, yeah. GURPS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I looked at one character sheet and I went, nope. All right. <laughs> my my storyline was, uh, we I was deciding, there was another GM, and we were like, okay, we're going to play a GURPS setting. And in case you guys don't know, GURPS, what GURPS is, is stands for Generic Universal Role-Playing System. And the idea was is that you'd have one system that was just... The, um, the entire rule set, like the base core rules of what is an RPG. And then you'd have these supplemental books that came in that is like, oh, this is for sci-fi yeah. and this is for fantasy. Okay. This like, is for that. like how fate yeah. and Genesis is. Yeah, yeah correct. And uh, what happened is in third edition, they had uh, the base core rule, rule books and they had a bunch of splat books for GURPS. And I think there was a phrase going around, which was like, there's a GURPS for that. Because there was a GURPS for everything. Yeah. There's like GURPS, Ice GURPS, <laughs> Titanic, GURPS for this, GURPS for that. And um, we, we decided to play fourth edition GURPS and I would, as a joke, I'd show people the skill sheet because they had a list of all the skills in GURPS. Mm -hmm. And that list was like 20 pages yep. long. And there would be like four or there would be 40 entries just for the G. Just for oh G, there would be like geophysics, gastroenterology. There'd be like <laughs> uh, gym. Uh, just what are what are things that are G geophysics generic uh, <laughs> that it's, it's like my generic skill. It was like anything that could be a skill was in that game. It's insane. And it was the thing is that if you specialized, it was actually cheaper. Like for example, if you're like oh swordsmanship, like that would cost that would be more expensive than just um, I don't know like uh, there'd be a, like a katana fighting skill or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like uh, but or um, but anyway or fencing. Yeah, there you yeah. could have ranks in either fencing or swordsmanship or something like that. But it was you. <laughs> you just have this thick pack of that, and people would look at that and go, "No." There was <laughs> someone who wanted to make Doctor Strange yeah. as in GURPS, and they're like, "Okay, I'm going to stat out all of his powers." And then a day later, is like, "We're not doing this." <laughs> <laughs> I That's love fair. It. <laughs> so. You also have played in Adventures League. Yes. And I know you've posted oh, a few yeah, stories yeah. on your YouTube channel about yes. it. Uh, one of the more, honestly, one of the most popular ones, probably your obelisk story. The right? obelisk encounter, yes. Yeah. Um, you've been done. You've done enough of those where it's like, what's it like playing in Adventures League? Like, what's it like running a game in Adventures Actually, League? Actually, funny thing <laughs> is that I think I played two or three AL sessions. And then the second I talked to the coordinator, I was like, oh, hey, I think I might want to run. Great. We have a table. <laughs> we need you right oh, now. I it the same way I fell in there at the bookstore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was also because that group, um, they would have like 13 players and then like one GM yeah. or something. And they, That's rough. The, well, the thing is, <laughs> yeah. that they, they wouldn't put 13 players at one table per se. It was just the fact that they'd have to like 
promote one of um one of the leftover players to be a GM <laughs> to take that additional thing because they never put at least the way that mine was run they would never put more than seven they were like they had a hard okay. line of seven um but anyway uh what's it like um I really like running for AL like the big things which they take care of is one is they take care of the planning and they give you access to players and stuff like that and you feel like if you can't make a week someone else is going to be able to take care of it probably you know okay. or something like that and so it's this thing and something about being a part of a community and going in there and there's like 50 people and you don't get along with everyone but you'll get along with a bunch of them there yeah. and something about being in that environment everyone loves Dungeons and Dragons like the people who go to Adventures League want to play D&D yeah. yeah and that's the something is that sometimes when you run a home game there are a few people who are like eh, I'm just here cuz you know here, it's I'm like I need friends. something yeah with my friends or I got something else to do this weekend and and whereas with AL, like people, if someone is getting in their car and going to it, they want to learn Dungeon Dragons. They <laughs> yeah. want to play. No one was just like, oh shit, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, correct. And so it's a lot of people who love Dungeons and Dragons who are going to play. Um, and one of the things also is that uh, they have access to uh, modules. And sometimes you're going with them and talking to other people about modules. And I actually really like, I started really liking running modules. At first I was like, oh, this is going to suck. Because, you know, it just tells you how you're supposed to run the game. Right. But one of the things that I really liked about it, I discovered, is the fact that you could, like, sometimes a module will have really cool information or really cool storylines that you can take. Or it's like, oh, I wouldn't run it this way. Well, how would you run it like this? And the, what I found is that sometimes when I'm running a game over and over, I'll develop a track of, like, this is how mm -hmm. I run a game over and over. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing a lecture where they were talking about creativity where you will develop a track of like, this is what a story is. This is what I'm going to do. And then modules force you to go down a different route where it's like, okay, in this module, all the players are running out of bakery. And it's like, I would never run that game. <laughs> and then sometimes it's the most interesting story because it's like, yeah, you would never run a story at a bakery. So that's <laughs> so funny. So pretty much you're saying because you're running a module, you're actually breaking the mold of storytelling in a way. Yeah, correct. And then that is the best way I've heard of uh, for why to run like a campaign like we've had so many people ask us like well i hate running pre-written campaigns like why do you like doing it that's a great reason like i hadn't thought about it that way yeah because yeah, it forces you to go down certain routes that you yeah. maybe wouldn't have thought of or well, wouldn't like, do like, like water deep have i ever considered starting my players off with a bar no, no. but my <laughs> god that was awesome yeah <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally appreciate that and that's I, awesome. well I, I do have i do have a question about adventure league so like i've heard that they're like super strict about the rules like keeping it like rules as written is yeah. that true um it's it's pretty true like i mean the thing is that so i'll be sitting at a table and i'll be and then like oh this person's supposed to get this effect like because all the players know the rules it's like everyone knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. and so because of that like oh i cast a shield spell it's like oh you get a plus five like if i were to give them plus four or plus seven they'd be like Hang I don't on. think, wait a second. <laughs> I thought it's supposed to be plus five. Like, um, sometimes if, sometimes there are areas where it's very sort of like gray area of like, oh, you're in a stream and the water's carrying you down and there's no stats for that. Like, yeah. how does yeah. the stream? I haven't had an issue where the players are like really challenging. Like, actually, in the rule book, the stream wouldn't be able to carry <laughs> me down because of something, 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 something. There have, there have been one or two people on occasion who have been like, really strict or really trying to correct the gms but most they don't get along with you know like they, those are mm -hmm. people who already are are difficult to deal with like mm -hmm. they're they're just problem players yeah more, the whole table say. feels it yeah. yeah but so there so it's more like it's the table that's holding you accountable to the rules that you're running 
It's not yeah. quite. It's not just like there, there's not like there's some overlord judges. It's like you have not oh, it's done yeah, advantage it, it, correctly. Yeah, actually, the coordinators don't care. Like the coordinators <laughs> just give you your module and you run off, and then you do your own thing. I've never had a coordinator actually be like, oh wait, I have had a coordinator oh. correct. Yes, correct. Okay, what so happened? most of the time coordinators don't care. They're just like they give you the module and they're most like the run it. And then they trust that the GM, as long as the players have fun, the, the coordinators just don't want to hear complaints. They don't want to hear people coming to them and being like, oh, why would this happen? The, uh, the only <laughs> yeah, time... I hate to hear that voice too. <laughs> the only time I've had a coordinator who was actually like upset or like, this is the way you have to run it, was because he was running Tomb of Annihilation. And we were all running through Tomb of Annihilation. We are running through a coordinated thing. And he uh, really wanted players to have that like death-defying experience. And so he was telling us as GMs, like, you need to be really strict on like, if they was get hit with the a- obelisk one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and we actually, that was in the video where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, you get hit with like, a death ray, you're down. I can see this animated in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he, uh, and so that was the only coordinator who I felt like was more yeah. like, this is the way you have now, to be running it. Now, do they give you those modules beforehand to read or are you reading them as you're running them? <laughs> okay, so here's the thing is that most of the time we get a heads up on on what they're going to run and then yeah. we get get it beforehand sometimes what will happen is you don't have the time you can't go down and pick them up because you're running short so you just go down like an hour beforehand to read <laughs> or sometimes if you know the name of it you can go online and then find yeah, it yeah i know dan's guild has a bunch of them on there yeah. or sometimes I'll, I'll get the book and it just depends on my how much time i can put into it really depends on the day like sometimes i just i ain't got time for this and <laughs> i just kind of flip through it there was one where I like I didn't have enough time and I just kind of flipped through it like an hour beforehand like ah oh, this seems reasonable and then you run it and it turns out that one of the puzzles was wrong and then they were supposed to be going through a fey thing and then there was like a villain who shows up at the end and I'm like did I misread that or was he actually supposed to show up there <laughs> okay you know, that that gives me a better because I've heard horror, all I've heard is horror stories from Adventure League mm-hmm. and so like that has worried me about. This I might go give it a shot just one day on my own just to see how it is. I think I think it'd be fun just to give it a shot in one day or something like that and see if you like it. Yeah. Um and I think it it was fun uh when I played it. Um and then running it I had fun. I really enjoyed talking to people. Um and it's it's also it just depends on the table and the different group and stuff like that. But they are they are very knowledgeable and can definitely be like give you a weird look if you do something that you're not supposed to because because everyone knows are very knowledgeable about the rules because mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll have home groups yeah so like for example one one time a guy showed up and he's like oh okay does that hit it's like no i have a 27 ac and it's Ooh. like no you don't and it was like the other player i didn't ha- say anything the other players were like you do not and it was like because they know every single permutation <laughs> of every single AC, yeah. and they know that there is no way you would have a twenty-seven AC. And it turns out that they were adding; they had cha- they thought they had chainmail and plate mail on top of each other, <laughs> and so they're like, oh. "Oh, this is sixteen, and this is 18. Yeah, and you have a movement of five. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to ask that too. Like, so I know a lot of people ask us too. Like, oh, is adventures like a good way to get into it? And what's the the gatekeeping like there? It's Ooh. It's we- okay. So the thing is that if you go there, uh, people will love to help you out and love to talk to you and love to mm-hmm. teach you and stuff like that. Um, the only thing I do worry about also is that Adventures League has its own set of rules for how you make a character and what you do, yeah. and those rules are contradictory to some of the stuff that you find in the player's <laughs> handbook. And so, Ooh, okay. to a player's to a new player, it's like, oh, by the way, you have to get a player's handbook, and there'll be rules in it. 
By the way, Adventures League also has its own separate rules. So, yeah. for example, um, there'll be new players and they're going around to kill someone. And it's like, oh, let's get the gold. It's like, actually, according to the player's handbook of the, the Adventures League, you can't have gold because of X, Y, or Z or this reason or something. Mm. Or like, actually, this item wouldn't carry over to this character. You can't trade him, blah, blah, blah. And so that, I think, is the biggest barrier to entry yeah. is the fact that you not only have to learn the rules of a game, you have to learn the rules of how like, Adventures League yeah. works. But that being said, like, if, if all the players are on the same page and I sit down and I run the game, it's great having everyone on the same, knowing... I have no idea what your characters are. I have no clue. As long as I know what level they are, I can run a game and it'll yeah. be perfectly fine. Yeah. And that's really cool. That's really nice. But on the flip side, you have all the secondary rules of players. And um, it was it was the hardest thing because like people would be joining up and they'd ask me like, how many, how much gold was my character supposed to have? And I'm like, uh. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not really pertinent to this adventure oh yeah. plus the rules change every season oh boy <laughs> yeah i've been actually following that on twitter about a lot of people talking about how this season itself has been like the most change it's seen in a while yeah, it, yeah. but yeah actually the the players uh, a lot of the players i was talking to really like the new some of yeah. the new rules changes because they got rid of gold in entirely. the old one entirely yeah. you could not get gold huh. and then in the new one, they're like, no, never mind. You can get gold. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> because, because what would happen is someone would stab a goblin and five copper pieces fall out. And they're like, ha ha, that's mine. And then I, as a GM, have to go like, no, those are mine. <laughs> <laughs> and then and they're like, I want my five copper pieces. And so they're like, fine, you get your five copper pieces. <laughs> but it's, it, was, it, it made me realize like rewards that players find whenever they loot are like, even if they're small, they're like really emotionally invested in that like that's my five copper i killed that goblin yeah. i yeah. stabbed him and got the money and so even if you like refer to a chart and it says actually you don't get five copper pieces you get uh four silver and three platinum or something like that like they don't want that because it's from a chart <laughs> yeah. they want no. the five copper there was five they... copper on that <laughs> goblin and i want that <laughs> it's mine <laughs> that's a great point like i never even thought about that because when we the way we run our bookstore games is very loosey-goosey. Yeah. I love when, <laughs> oh, when at the end of the game, because it's just like, how much XP do we get? I'm just like, however much you want. <laughs> Quite literally, I had a kid keeping track of the 28 orcs that they killed and how many experience they would get as a whole group. And, I, and he looked at me and he told me the number. I'm like, that's really cool. I'm glad you did all that math, man. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's it. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then I'm like, all right, I hope you had a great time. Yeah. But yeah, it's, that's that's something that's almost holding me back from going into Adventures League personally is because I know that there are a huge another set of rules that I'm like, I don't really want to invest in okay. the learning. Okay, I'm just going to say once again, mixed. Like, I, I like going to it, yeah. but it's it's it definitely not for everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. it was it's also a hard sell because um, it's like if you are someone who has a home game and you love hanging out with them and I love playing with them. Why would you go to Adventures yeah. League? It's well, like... Like, I, I do know that there are people that are just like, I need Dungeons and Dragons as much as possible, so they'll do all of it. Like, yeah. I have people who have a home game, a school game, a bookstore game, and Adventures League. Like, yeah. they just play it as much as possible. And that's cool. That's great. Mm -hmm. I Like, for me, I'm, I'll am i go give Adventures League a shot. Okay, I, I, cool. I, I want to try it. I want to see what it's like. I don't want to just be like, oh, well, I've only heard bad things about, you know, except for, mm -hmm. except for you, man. Oh. And, uh, it, I want I want to get my own okay. experience out of it. I, I will say there is one other thing about where like if someone has a home game and it's a bad experience, they don't blame it's it's like all home games because they're just associated <laughs> from each other. It's like oh you have good ones and bad ones. 
Whereas with Adventures League, sometimes if you have a bad one, it's like, oh, yeah, this system is bad or something like that. Yeah. And so it's... Um, well, I mean, it's also like you, you have like the random variables. Like, you don't know the DM. You don't know what the DM's day has been like. You don't know at all. You don't know the other players. Like, it could just be down to the people that are there, not just the... the Kind of like the organization itself, like not Adventures League is bad. It's just the mm-hmm. people you're there with that night might have been bad, or the way that season's rules were going might have been bad. Yeah. 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 All right, Ben. I know you have also uh, been to several D and D specific events, mm-hmm. uh, something like uh, the Descent, right? Yeah. And you've also been to a few conventions that weren't necessarily D and D focused. Um, do you have one that you would recommend to people to like really invest their money for a ticket for, or like? Would you say, ah, don't bother with any of them, watch them online? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's uh, for me. So I went to the the live events and those were fun. Those were interesting. Mm. Um, the first one I went to the stream of many eyes. You just went there and you watched a performance of one of the live pe- shows. And then you I went back home and that was kind of it for me. That was fine. Um, the problem also is they tend to be a bit more pricey. They're like 300 yeah. bucks or something like yeah. that. And then the and then I went to The Descent, and that one was very different from that one because you actually went to a game. Like you saw a live show in the afternoon, and beforehand you went to a game. And that was interesting. That was fun. Uh, but for me also, I went there. I, I got to talk with fans and mm. sign things for people, and that was cool. And yeah. then uh, WebDM was there, and so I got to talk with those guys, and that oh, was cool. pretty cool. Um, then, uh, and that was, that was fun, interesting. Um, I, I don't know exactly if I'd recommend it because you – you know, you're going in to watch a live, a singular, like, you're watch, You're going in to watch, like, Matt Mercer run a game yeah. or something. If you want to, actually, he was playing as, it was Chris Perkins who was yeah, running that's that right. one. Yeah. yeah. And then Matt Mercer was playing as um, the boo. hamster. Yeah, he, he was boo. boo. Yeah. yeah, correct. Um, <laughs> and, uh, this is my hamster. He had the makeup on <laughs> Yeah, I love yeah. so good. <laughs> then the other conventions that I went with, I went to Kingdom Con, and that's fun. It's, it's just nothing but a big gaming tournament thing. Uh-huh. Um, I thought that one isn't that one not going on anywhere to get moved. Okay, so from what I heard is that um, potentially like oh the the person who ran Kingdom Con is kind of stepping down. He's like okay, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm done with it. It's my baby, and so they're potentially talking about like maybe starting something else up, sort okay. of in its place. But yeah, it is it is effectively the end of Kingdom Con. Um, but but something else, another gaming convention could come in. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to think. Then I went to PAX, and that's. Fun. That was interesting. Uh, they, they actually PAX was huge. You did a panel at that one, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. I ran a panel yep. on Monday morning. And that was fun. Um, I saw that tweet while I was at work, and I'm just like, "Wait, because you said the effect it was just like I did a PAX panel." Okay, I guess I'm gonna do that. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> one does not simply do a PAX panel. <laughs> like I actually, so here was the thing: was that I really wanted a ticket to go to PAX, yeah. and then they were all sold out. And so they said, "Hey, if you do a panel, uh, you get a free like anyone who is doing a panel gets a free ticket to get in." Uh-huh. So I said, "Like, hey, could I do a panel?" And they said, "Sure, it's gonna be on Monday." And I said, "Great." Beautiful. That was how I, I went to PAX. Uh, and also, funny thing, Joe Cat as well also showed up to PAX. Mm-hmm. And he originally I talked to him, he's like, oh, I'm not going to be showing up. But it, he had a friend who um, who ha- was staying there and going and also had an extra ticket. And so he shows up and doesn't tell me. And I'm like, Was it worth the joke? And he's like, Yes. Because <laughs> he didn't tell me. He's like, I'm just going to show up. <laughs> but, um, then we're doing, uh, we're going to PAX Unplugged, and we're going to be doing a panel there, and so I'm really excited for that. It's going to be myself, is Dingo, and then Joe Cat, and we're all doing oh, a panel. Oh, awesome. Yeah. 
when is, be... when is PAX Unplugged? Yeah, it's in December. Oh, cool, week. cool, cool. Yeah. Right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep, yep. And uh, as far as the other conventions, I did Comic Con. I was actually at Comic Con doing um, running Twitch tables. Said that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like your face twitched a lot when you said Comic Con. Like Comic Con. <laughs> it was crowded. Yes. As that is oh, the one thing, and it, yeah. it's the kind of crowded where it's like I need to get across this room, and it's like eh, like inch, eh, yeah, like no, little it, inch. If listeners, you've watched Doctor Who, that freaking traffic episode. Tenant. That is how Comic Con is. Yeah, especially if you if all. you're the person that have been to like previous years Comic Cons, yeah. like 2011 and before, then it's really noticeable how crowded it is now. Yeah, I think it was also because Comic Con happened after VidCon, and mm-hmm. I came back from VidCon really tired, and then uh, to get into Comic Con, I had to run six games back to back, and so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I printed out six modules, and uh, I running them. And the quality of my sessions slowly got <laughs> worse and worse. Oh, what did I do this year? Four or, games in a row in as many days? Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine also, doing sorry. that. Also, when I say back to Mac, I mean it was like one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the morning, Still one in the afternoon. Insane. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and plus, I didn't even, I didn't do the smart thing of I got like three slots that were the same module. They were all different modules. Oh, my God. Oh, buddy. Uh, and, and, uh, and then a few of the modules that I ran were not good <laughs> uh so i know you got some more questions that we're an hour into this just as a heads up all right uh do you want to pick one that you think is the best one or you want to move on i have quick fire questions that will just be oh, quick that, answers let's do quick fire. okay cool. all right let's go so like quick answers ready quick fire yes all right quick fire <laughs> quick fast kapow going fast <laughs> blazing through the questions all right pow 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 that's what i <laughs> do intro fast. longer than the rest <laughs> of the questions <laughs> all right ben slash puffin forest what are your three favorite spells in D&D? Uh, three favorite spells. One is Awaken, because it lets you talk to, like, you can touch an animal and then it suddenly talk to you and it has intelligence. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. Um, I like Morgan Tynion's Magnificent Mansion, because my players used it once. They're like, oh, this is really cool. But it was a stroll, so they only got to use it once. <laughs> uh, and then uh, probably I really like Prestidigitation, because it does, it's like the catch-all for, like, it does every spell or something, or yeah. a bunch of different spells. Mm-hmm. Flavors. Uh, do you prep, and how long does that take? Uh, I do do prep. Um, some of the prep, sometimes it could be like an hour, and then sometimes I go into it like already sort of knowing I just have to flush things out. And then if I have to run puzzles, those take the longest mm-hmm. uh, to prepare. Those can take an additional hour, so you're talking like two hours. So sometimes the prep work tends to be about an hour going into a session. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what is your ideal number of people to DM for? Mm, I bl- uh, five or six, I think, is a, a good number. That's a number I like because if one or two people can't show up or it's like, oh, we're having issues, then you can still run with like four or three. Um, and then if if you have seven, like that's a little bit too slow. That's where a lot of people spend their turns kind of waiting around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if you have if you have seven players fighting seven enemies, then that means there's 14 turns and they only get to take <laughs> one out of the 14. Yeah, that, that's a rough. Um, how important do you find knowing the rules as a DM? Uh, I, th- I think it's actually decently important. I mean, when you're first starting out, you might be able to say like, oh, okay, just roll a die. Like, oh, it hits, <laughs> it does that. But I actually, I do like engaging with the mechanics of the game. And mm-hmm. I do like seeing the back and forth on the spells and seeing how they're cast. And like the the puzzle aspects of Dungeons & Dragons, you do kind of have to know some of the rules. But it's uh, obviously it's not what is the thing that people play Dungeons & Dragons for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and how do you feel about fudging rules? I... I don't use a GM screen. I roll in front of the players. There are other. Are so, you serious? You do? Yeah, I totally. Yeah. I've wow. never used a GM screen. 
and it's holy the, shit <laughs> well here's the thing there's other ways to adjust the enemies and adjust the the hit points and stuff like that so i still do adjust the encounters it's just that i don't adjust through the dice rolls um and so the other thing is that you can roll and be like haha and then it's a crit and the, everyone at the table is like and then you pick it up and then you're like okay i roll again ah it's another crit you know or something and <laughs> if you did that behind the screen it's like oh i crit twice like really did you know but it's it's also because everyone gets yeah, to especially share for, especially that, for me they call bullshit <laughs> and, and it's also because everyone gets to kind of share in that dice rolling experience yeah and um the I, other, mean, I mean i i have i have rolled over like um have you ever played the you played the star wars rpg fantasy yes one? yeah i have i <laughs> yeah. that one i feel like you have to roll over and oh I, really yeah because like the advantage the advantage and disadvantage and all the other stuff that i loved rolling over on that one mm-hmm. yeah for dnd i i go behind the screen Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um but anyway it was also the reason why i also didn't use the screen was because i would i would use the mat and i found that my players didn't like moving their own characters so they kept saying like oh ben can you move my character for me <laughs> and so because of that i had to take the mat and fold it up put it off to the side and then okay and then i moved the and then i draw some stuff and then i move the screen and stuff like that yeah that was like my last question was do you prefer mat versus theater of mind i love mat i the thing is that i'll do theater of mind all the way up until I'm gonna, I'm gonna combat. Cut that out and, or actually, some guy named Matt's going to cut that out. But yeah, it's the the thing is that I love I like using the mat because um, the second you get if you, if there's just like two or three people, you can usually do theater of the mind for some of the combat. But in Dungeons and Dragons, in particular, it's like spacing and spatial awareness and where people are is really important for a lot of effects. Like someone will do. Uh, a cone of cold and it's like oh how many of the seven orcs can i hit and it's like i don't know three four, four? yeah sure we'll go with four yeah and whereas with um i like putting it out and it also helps with the how much they have to keep in their head because if i say you're near the left door the north door and you're near the south door the problem is players sometimes forget like i'm near the north door but how near <laughs> and, and so if you have the board in front of them they can just say oh i can reach that yeah. yeah and it it helps it it helps to alleviate some of the mental oh, yeah. space. I won't, I won't ever argue with that. Yeah, no, absolutely 100%. Mm-hmm. Right, But that's all the quick fire questions I got. <laughs> <for>. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get our own sound effects or just, we'll just have Ben come in every time. <laughs> 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 He's like on the episode. He's like back. <laughs> 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 all right, well, we're going to stop real quick for our DMs Guild Spotlight, except record scratch. It's just a spotlight this mm-hmm. time yeah uh, we're actually gonna be spotlighting something that's not on dm's guild because we do realize that hey there are third-party things that aren't <laughs> on dm's guild but we do just like it mm-hmm. but ben uh came with an awesome suggestion of a uh supplement from uh nerd nerdarchy yes nerdarchy uh who apparently also has a youtube channel yes correct I'm, I'm not familiar with it but uh, hey i'm gonna check it out for this uh they have and their supplements called uh from hit uh, from hit dice to heroics yes correct um then why don't you tell us a little bit about it you okay. used it so yeah i've used it in you a game. Printed uh, it out actually even <laughs> then I, I was playing a spell jammer or a uh yeah i was playing a spell jammer game um and it was it was actually on the nerdarchy site and uh we used their rules hit dice to heroics and what that system does is it actually lets the players use hit dice for certain abilities um and so it actually can help augment certain effects um so for example because a lot of times players will have these hit dice and you only use them for healing and so the idea is like what if we use them for uh like extra damage or what if we use them to augment a certain effect so my example is i was playing as a druid and some of the effects that they had is you could expend hit dice and you could use a wild shape 
But instead of changing your whole body the way that the wild shape normally works, you could be like, I just want water breathing, or I just want a spider climb on the wall, or I want to get a bear strike or something like that. Cynic love you. (laughs) (laughs) Or I want tentacles for my arms. Actually, there was there was one scene in it where I was I was playing as Nub Nub the Ewok. uh, (laughs) I remember this. And I had, I changed into an octopus, but I changed, I just changed my, everything below my head. So my head was the normal Ewok and then the rest of my body was, was the octopus. Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like something out of Toy Story. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and there, the other, there are other powers and different effects that come from that. Uh, so for example, um, the, the uh, wizard can use their hit dice in order to have some kind of like expertise on arcana like they have some kind of eureka moment where they remember something that other players can't or um they could uh there are different effects of <laughs> <laughs> like all these effects the <laughs> he says as i reaches for the supplement um uh yeah the rogue can be more nimble so they can be harder to hit the ranger can kind of move around so they can spend hit dice to kind of be more mobile and kind of use an ambusher thing get the drop on people and um the uh, the rogue way of shadow can use hit dice to do like a, um, do a smoke bomb, like yeah. and there's a cloud oh, that kind of falls yeah. around them. And um, but anyway, it's uh, the reason why I'm interested in it is because it it kind of augments uh, some of the characters' abilities and gives them additional stuff. Now, here's the thing: is for me, I bring it out because I think it's interesting. But um, I did bring it up to the players, and they're like, oh, that sounds like a lot of stuff. And for a lot of people, I think that's going to be true. There's going to be yeah. like, this is a lot of stuff to deal with. Yeah. But if you are someone who thinks that characters are pretty thin, like they don't really get to do a lot. You might want to look into I, it. Honestly, I might look into that one because, um, like, my players don't short rest. Yeah, I was um, going to say, unless w- you're playing a, a harder, I'm not going to say harder, but a resting system that yeah. doesn't auto heal as soon as you yeah. do a long rest, you're probably not using short rests a lot, and yeah. you're probably not using your hit dice like at all. Yeah, so, I, I would. I would like. I'm gonna read this one because I want to see if there's stuff that my players use. And I do know that they would look and go, this is a little overcomplicated. But I think once they be like, hey, once you do cool shit, they might be like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, it's uh, on uh, NerdArchy's website. Uh, I will put out a tweet about it with this this episode. It's $6.99, which is pretty freaking good for the yeah, size it's, supplement it's a beefy pages. supplement it's yeah. good yeah mm-hmm. and there's a lot of mechanics and there's artwork in it too yeah cool. cool uh so yeah go check that out like i said i'll tweet it out uh with uh with this episode so you can check out our twitter account which is at difficulty class and uh get some cool hit dicey awesome extra mm-hmm. things and stuff but we're gonna go on topic number two which is the thing i think that we've kind of been beating around the bush here you're puffing for us you have a youtube yes, channel yes i have a youtube channel oh my god <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> I know, understand that a lot of people that are listening to this kind of already know what Puffin Forest is, but I kind of want to just ask a couple things. Like, how did you get into animation? Because I understand yeah, you've I been remember, playing for D&D for I a while. I remember, I think it was like two, three years ago, like you guys were, uh, we were at Eric's place, and I'm like, by the way, you guys, uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, which you don't, because I didn't tell you, but <laughs> by the way, I've been animating our stories and putting them up online. And it's like, have you now? <laughs> we sat there and watched all of them. <laughs> and, and I remember Allie tells me this. So like, I th- this was literally what happened. One, one day, Allie tells me you do this. I look up a couple of videos like, oh, he's really funny. I like these. And like, somehow, like, I just, I forgot. And like, I didn't look at them. Like, I subscribed to you and everything. And they just didn't pop up on my YouTube. And I actually don't think I was watching YouTube at the time. And then the next thing I know, I look 
I check out, you're like, oh yeah, Ben makes videos. I should go watch those again. And then I'm like, how many subscribers? <laughs> <laughs> that was, and it was, it was crazy because it was, it was literally a year later. Because yeah. the first year I told you guys like, well, I did every, okay. When I first got into YouTube, I did literally everything wrong that they tell you to do. They're yeah, like, oh, you need to tell all of your friends about it and get them to subscribe. I told no one. It was a secret. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you need to make banner artwork. Didn't do that. You need to have a channel trailer. Didn't do, didn't that. do that. It's like, oh, you need to be collaborating with other YouTubers. Nope, do did that. not do that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you need to be talking about topics that are really popular right now. And it's like, oh, you know, yeah, actually, yeah, I guess I did that one. But um, it was... It was like there was a whole list of like stuff that they recommend, and I didn't do any of that. And then um, it, I think by the time I talked to you guys about it, it was like, oh, I had 30 subscribers. And then um, I it was just kind of a steady growth of like, because I was unemployed. Okay, I'm going to school. Yeah. I'm bored. I got nothing else to do. Yeah. So I'm going to be making animations on YouTube so and you drawing. So you just decided to start drawing. Yeah, correct. Yes. Okay. And, um, and so I started drawing, and I'd release like an animation every single week, and... Um, it, at first, it would take me a week to make it, but then you get like faster and faster and faster, and then it eventually takes like two days or something. And so I'd make them, and then there was a period I made um, like the Critical Role animation. Yeah, and the, what was the actually one, yeah. here was the funny thing about that was I made that animation, and it like well, it got really popular that specific animation, and then the the viewership just immediately dropped off. And it, <laughs> it has to do with just whenever you do something that's for yeah. a particular fan base, it's like oh, people come in, but it was like. But it made me realize, like, you could look at the analytics and you'd see that people are looking at my other content, but they're like, they're not, like, I can't pop in, but eh, they're not really interested. Like, I don't know. Like, I really need to get something that's like, bam, like people really like. And then I released the video, um, Why Won't My Character Die? And that one went viral because that was the one yeah. that I released. And that month, I think I got like 30,000 subscribers that month. Wow. It went from like 1,000 to 30,000 or something like that. And then... Uh, the next month, then it was another 30. And then it was another. Wow. And, then it was, and then I was growing at a rate of 50,000 every single month. And so by the time, so we had had that conversation of like, hey, I'm talking about doing a YouTube video. And then the next month or the next year, at the end of that month, I had gotten like uh, 60,000. And yeah. then a year later, it had gone up to 600,000. And then we hang out at your house and there's the silver play button there. <laughs> so <laughs> casually. <Yeah. laughs> Oh, that he opens the door. He's in, he's in like a row with a, a <laughs> bubble pipe. Hello. Have you seen my play button? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, that's exactly what. Um, <laughs> I know it was so fascinating, and then all of a sudden, I'm starting to see your videos pop up on Facebook when I'm nowhere near looking at anything D&D &D and no, all of a sudden it's like, oh, D&D &D memes and your your stuff is yeah. just there. Oh, uh, you, you did the, the Pathfinder 2nd Edition video and I'm mm -hmm. scrolling through Reddit and there's your fucking video on Pathfinder subreddit. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, that's, that's awesome. That yeah. is so no, cool. No, I know. It's it's because that's the craziest thing about the internet is because you release things out to the internet and no one gives a shit. Yeah. No uh, one cares. Yeah. Trust me, it's like we know. It, it's, like, <laughs> it's like shouting into the void and I actually, I even wrote a blog for like years, that's like it's my Dungeon Dragon story, and I even showed it to you. Yeah, guys. I like, remember. Yeah, no, I like that one. Was no, I I know you guys <laughs> liked it, but it's like I'd I'd talk to the internet. I'm like, hey, can you guys watch it? Like, good job, Ben. Pat on the head. <laughs> but it's like you could see that people would come in, and, and that was the reason why I switched over to doing YouTube. Was I was like, I watch YouTube. Yeah. Like, I know people like YouTube yeah. or something like that. Like, this is the content I would enjoy, and so that's why I switched over to doing that kind of content. And so. 
Um, then I was like, oh, by the way, I'm doing a YouTube video, blah, blah, blah. And then it, it had that like slow growth and then it just, it just took off. And it's really crazy when you put stuff out. It's one thing to put stuff out on the internet. It's another thing when the internet is like, when you, when it comes back to you, <laughs> where it's like, I know that if I go to an Adventures League game and I go to a group and I, you know, like one of those, there's people there who have seen my videos. Yeah. Like if yeah. I go into any Dungeon Dragons group, any at all, there has probably been at least one person that has seen my videos. That's that happens at our games all the time. All the I time. Had, I had a kid at my uh, one of my last games. I made some reference to absurd, mm-hmm. and he just goes, oh, "I you watch Puffin Force? I love Puffin Force." And I'm just like, "Yes, I know of Puffin Force." <laughs> and, and that's kind of always been my answer because, like, I don't want to just be like, "Hey, I know Puffin Force." I don't want to like do that. So, like, whenever somebody's just like. Uh, like, oh, do you know Puffin's like, yes, I know of Puffin Force. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, and I've even, I've even had a, a there were, there were two other instances when I was at Adventures League, and where it really got codified was I'd like, I'd go into a table and it's like, oh, I'm Puffin Forest, and then like a few of the people had seen the videos, and that was like crazy to me because yeah. the thing is that when, when you have like a hundred subscribers, you could say like, oh, that's like a really, that's like. Oh my god, that's like a lecture hall or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like that's, that's a lot of, of people. Lecture. Yeah, and then you're, it's like oh, five hundred, like oh, that's like two lecture halls, and then, <laughs> and then you go up to a thousand, and I'm like whoa, that's like a little, that's like a middle school, like part of a yeah. middle school, and then it's like a hundred thousand. That's like you can't really comprehend that. That's yeah. a big number, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like half a million. That's like the and the way that that number gets codified is that if you're at a group, like someone might have heard of the video yeah and that that's how you have to try and like take in that number or think about it um but yeah it's it's crazy when you put stuff out and then and it was it was within that year that everything just like turned around yeah uh, with the channel and it was just whoop and then a lot of people had recognized the content and there were there were even some instances where um like uh someone i was sitting at a group and there was another group over there and someone made a um a puff and forest reference and he's like dude He's right there. <laughs> he, he's running that table. He's right there. And then there was there there were other instances where I'd be sitting and someone I'd do like, oh hello there. It's this great idea I have. This is absurd. And they're like, wow, you do a really good absurd. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> thanks. And then I, I went, huh? <laughs> but, then, like, when you're DMing for eventually, do are there kids that are like, wait, I know your voice. Yeah, yeah, I, I do insane. have that. Uh, in, like, there like, was. Uh, it's easy to believe because you have six hundred thousand. Uh, yeah, six hundred thousand subscribers. Like, but if like anyone ever was like, "Oh, I know your voice from Difficult," I would flip my <laughs> shit. I know that. I, I do actually have a friend who rec- who was like, "Oh, you guys are gonna be on Difficulty class." I recognize those. He, one of my players who doesn't. Who knows what? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever you are, I love you. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Courtney. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, no. The, so, so you shot up in a year. Yeah, correct. So it was actually so the crazy thing was that I shot up in a year, but it was more of like eleven months. Nothing happened, and then there was like one month <laughs> where I just like today I've decided the YouTube gods have decided today <laughs> the algorithms be. have been true, and it, yeah. it has something. It was really it was that one video was uh why don't my character die because that was the one that everyone was sharing to and linking and then it was like it caused a bunch of growth and then after that came out then obelisk encounter came out yeah and people really <laughs> liked that one yeah. and then absurd came out and that was the one oh that everyone God. was linking to so 
So th- this was another one of those, like my, um, I was on break with my buddy who's in, who's in my Skype game and he, uh, he was sitting on his phone and he chuckled to himself and I'm like, what's funny? He's like, you know, you ever see Puffin Force? I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I didn't tell him that I knew you at first. And then he, was, he just started rattling off all, all his favorite videos. He's just like, an absurd is so freaking hilarious. I'm just like, this is weird <laughs> yeah it's it's so surreal to put something out and then it come back yeah to you. oh yeah and no it's i can't yeah i can't even imagine what that like like you did a pax panel yeah like you, you oh. people came <laughs> someone, to see you someone cosplayed as trixie starbrook <gasps> Oh my there god, yeah. Trixie Car- I actually, there have been multiple Trixie Starbright cosplayers. I fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, that's, it, that is so cool. That's, in, oh my god, wow. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine, like, what that is like. You just made YouTube videos one day, and then all this happened. Like, that's yeah, so no, cool. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> well, I, I like, one of one of my questions for is, like, your art style. Mm-hmm. Like, did, is that just something that you've been... <laughs> doing for a while or did you like, no! start drawing that? <laughs> I literally I have never drawn until three years ago when I decided to make YouTube videos was, so the thing was also that um, it was because I, I wanted to make the cartoons but like I can't get some I have I can't get some asshole to make these, these yeah, drawings yeah, for yeah. me <laughs> I have to be the asshole I have to be my own asshole and oh my god don't put that on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, and so the thing is that, so I started doing like practice artwork and I didn't even, I used a mouse for my original artwork. Yeah. And oh so God. all the character designs were all ellipses and squares and lines. It was ellipses, squares and lines because that was the only thing I could do with the mouse. Yeah. And so with the character designs, that's actually how I do eyes are ellipse, 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 ellipse. And that was how <laughs> I would do the eyes. And so then when I transitioned over to using a drawing tablet, I had to take that style and then yeah. transition it over into the drawing tablet. And so because of it, that's why the art looks the way it does, is it's very smooth, kind of crisp yeah. lines, and my yeah. body is an oval. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, that—that that is one of the things I'm just like, this is not how Ben looks. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, have you had people, like, see you for the first time, like, you don't look like they, how... All the time, that's yeah. that's what they do. Constantly. Yeah. It was constantly, <laughs> and that's because, one, I, I wear glasses in real life, and, and my character doesn't wear glasses, and oh, the hair yeah, color's huh. wrong. And then the other thing is the, the weight as well. But um, <laughs> it was the original design for the character was um, I designed my brother. And actually, my brother was the first character I designed. Oh, really? Who it was like, or actually, I designed a generic character, which is oval, oval, which is the body and the head. And then I said, oh, my brother, he's got to be a square. I'm going to have him be a square body <laughs> and then like a round head. And I said, oh, since we're brothers, I'll do the opposite. If he's square, I'll be more round. <laughs> and that's how the character but it was also so that was part of it but the other problem is once you establish yourself as a character you kind of have you're like committed yeah because now you've it. drawn yourself yeah, yeah and so it was like my second comic i had suddenly drawn myself and now i'm stuck to whatever that so, looks so like you think of that as more of like that is the character puffin force on there that's yeah not, that's not you well there's well, there's a few other examples okay well, other things that go into it is <laughs> that i was always a lot heavier than a lot of uh, like I had an immediate group of my friends, which my brother was a part of. <laughs> like looking at him, like where and, where is this heavy? <laughs> well, the thing is, is that a lot of my fr- I was in part of a friend group, and everyone was real thin, mm-hmm. and I was forty pounds heavier than a lot of my friends. And when you 
when everyone else is thin and you're 40 pounds heavier, you don't look like my character, but you feel like you're different. I you feel that. like okay. other people are what, like you're, there's something different. Like it's the, it's everyone, all of my characters look the similar way. Like they have a similar body type. And then my character looks different. And there's something about being overweight that it's like, you, you like, you feel like you stick out. Like one of these things is not like the other. Oh, so that. it's yeah, a way yeah. of kind of portraying the fact, like the, the inner insecurity of like being heavier than all of your friends. Okay. And, huh. uh, and then plus there was also like weight fluctuations. Like I used to, um, when I was in like college and stuff, I actually used to weigh like 250 pounds. And then a lot of my friends were like 175 and stuff. And so I was, I was still much heavier than them. And then um, I lost a lot of weight kind of going to the YouTube and then work and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And then plus it was like just diet changes and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, the point is, is that it was it, the, the, the character was trying to portray like the own insecurity of like, okay. you feel different. Like you right. feel, and that, that's actually another part of the reason of the way that I design the videos and the way that I design them is they, they try to portray my own kind of nervousness with running games of like, everyone's figured me out. Yeah. They're not laughing at any <laughs> of my jokes. The everyone's imposter figured syndrome. Out. Yeah. 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 The mm -hmm. imposter syndrome and stuff like that. And it's, um, it's trying to be honest to the emotions. Like for example, let's say that you're someone who's a kid and you get pants, like someone pulls your pants down oh, in like high school or something. Like it's not a big deal. When you really think about it, it's not a big deal, no. but it feels oh, yeah. like it's, the end everyone of the world. has seen everyone is judging you <laughs> yeah something and so that's that's kind of what yeah. the character is there to portray i i do i want i know you i know coach i just want to ask this one real quick because we you know we talked about it briefly there you have six hundred thousand subscribers and all that do you still have imposter syndrome sometimes um the issue um like the thing is that um i don't suffer with extreme versions of imposter syndrome the yeah. way that a lot of so because sometimes when people say oh i have imposter syndrome um, they usually cite some very extreme versions of that. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like, oh, I'm not as bad as, as these guys per se, but like, I, I am very cognizant of the fact that I just got into this like three years ago. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to figure stuff <laughs> out. And, um, and even then I just started seriously drawing two years ago. And a lot of the p other people who run art channels on YouTube, you know, they've been doing art since they were kids. And so yeah. I've been, you know, I'm very, very new to it. Um, and so there is usually when it comes to the art, but actually the, the crazy thing also about it is I, I actually read my comments on YouTube. Like I'll go through Ooh. the different things and Holy crap, doesn't, right. <laughs> does not really bother me too much. Like, cause you just, there was a period where I wouldn't like yeah. for a year, actually it wasn't, I think it was like eight months or something like that. I was just, look, I just can't emotionally take it. And I started reading through them and I'm just like, at, at a certain point I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I don't take it too seriously, Yeah, but Almost no one ever criticizes the artwork. And almost no one. Like out yeah. of 10,000, 20,000 comments that I've read, I've read like five well, where it's like cringe or something like that. Like, but that's it. I'll be honest. Like you tell me you're the never dream before two years. I wouldn't have guessed it. Like you have a style. Like it is like yeah. I see that. And like that's the Puffin Forest style. Like and like even when you're doing stuff where it's got a minimalist thing in the back, like it is artistic and it looks good. I never would have guessed that you hadn't drawn until. I mean, years like ago. one of the most difficult things is to have your own your own style that you can claim. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Puffin Forest has that. Yeah. Like, yeah. congratulations. <laughs> and so like that's that's really awesome that I'm glad that the entire all the comments that nothing say like that. Cause I think they appreciate the fact, like what I just said, like that is the puff and forest style. It's not good or bad. It's just, it's your style. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I like that. That's awesome. I, on occasion, like sometimes people will criticize the art, but even then a lot of the critics, like, I think that the, I think it also, when it comes to the art style, 
Like there's two kinds of people. There's people who can draw and people who can't draw. <laughs> people who can't draw, like there's something about they don't really criticize people who do artwork. Like something about it's like too personal or something like that. And then the people who can draw, are like oh, that takes a lo- that took a long time. Yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> the only times people have actually commented, I've actually agreed with some of their stuff where they're like, that character's nose. I can't tell if they're smiling or frowning. And I'm like, you know, they were right there. Uh, they were correct. That's that that nose was That's a little good. low. Or or sometimes like the ear, like there was a character whose ear was by his chin or, <laughs> and it's like, I think his ear is a little bit too low. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. But <laughs> that, uh, that's good. Like that's, that's like constructive yeah. criticism. And you're like, okay, yeah, I take that. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. yeah. That, that is definitely not most people's thing with YouTube comments, but yeah. No, I good. know most, most times with people, uh, here's the thing is the vast majority of comments are commenting on my DMing style yeah. where the players are like, oh, yeah. what alignment are your players? Blah, blah, blah. Or like, or it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, usually if someone's being critical, they're more being critical of GMing and the game yeah. and like, this is why I don't play with people like you. Yeah, Monsters yeah, yeah. who go around wrecking other people's yeah. games. No, yeah, it was hilarious because like, especially the videos where you actually featured like our games and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, we'd go through and look at some of the comments and we're like, oh man, they're tearing into us. They really don't like our characters <laughs> and us and how we play. And we, we had a good time of it because we're like, yeah, we know that's not, they, they're only getting a small snippet of it. Yeah, I know. But and it. Yeah, and it's I, I don't put it as like, oh, I'm trying like my friends are all on trial and I'm trying to present evidence <laughs> oh, one no. way or another. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's not the point. Yeah, we, of we know what that. I do. Um and uh but but yeah, it's like sometimes, you know, you put out the games and then people are saying like, would I like the game? Would they not like the game? Like critiquing other people's games and stuff. And I I'm fine, like yeah. they're gonna comment on that, and then sometimes they'll come out to really weird conclusions <laughs> about what they think is probably going on in the game. Yeah. But that's that's a part of it. Yeah. And we actually have a couple listener questions. Oh, we're Speaking go. of hey. your viewers and people who comment and all that good stuff, uh, we actually had one of our uh, longtime listeners came over from you originally to yeah. us, found, uh, I think the way she said it was that she found when I voiced a, a character on your channel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had, that you, was a while ago. Yeah, you just so happened to use my Twitter handle and referencing me. And so she clicked through there and she found through the wormhole of difficulty class. Hey, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best. Um, Aaron had a couple questions. She said, how do you decide which stories to draw and put online? And what is your favorite story? Let's do one at a time. Yeah, one at a time. Sure. So so first, how do you decide on which stories to draw? Yeah. Uh, So what will happen is that I'll have a bunch of note paper out. I'll start writing a script. I'll be like, oh, that's shit. And then I'll go, oh, shit. One, I'm like, oh, it's even worse. And then I crumble up. And then I'll have like multiple like roughs of a script where I just started writing. And then eventually one will kind of manifest of like, I have way more material for this script than I have for any anything else. And then that's the script that eventually gets written. Sometimes it's also chronologically because I'm like, oh, I have to tell this story before tour. I tell this one or this one or that one. Um, so for example, um, I had to tell a story with Otterton and bring him up and talk about him. And then later on, he's going to have, you know, more involvement in the plot or less involvement, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but the point is, is that like, oh, his introduction has to come first, followed by, you know, later on stuff. And so um, the basically also as far as what material gets in there is just whatever I think is funny. Like, oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. And that I probably and I've thought about it because it's it's tough. Like you're running a game and sometimes you as a player think like, oh, this is hilarious. This is gold. Yeah. And then I just am like, what? No. Like, I remember talking to you guys 
after a game, I'm like, what do you think is the funniest thing? And it's like, oh, we thought this was funny and this was funny and this was funny. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I completely forgotten about those. Yeah, yeah that was the thing. And I had complete whoop, forgotten <laughs> it totally. But it's all, but sometimes it's the reverse of I tell a joke and in my head, it's the funniest thing. It's the shit. And it is the <laughs> shit. And then you guys are just like, oh, okay, that's pretty humorous. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, and so it's just like whatever I think is the funniest. But sometimes it's like if if some, one of the players thinks something's really funny, and then I don't like I don't get what what's everyone's laughing about like something about dabbing, like I don't get oh, yeah. why <laughs> you know or something. But uh, but um the eh. anyway, uh, so that's that's how I figure stuff out is just what do I think is funny, and then do, if it. Usually the stories that people like have a better beginning, middle, and end, where it's like you can see kind of the yeah. rise and the fall and stuff like that. The the stories people like are kind of like the obelisk, the absurd, um, stuff like that. If it's just a random collection of stories, like sometimes it can be funny, but usually people don't like them as much. Um, and Dresden Files characters are my favorite. Oh, <laughs> savage rage. Oh my god. Savage well, rage. It was, I can't even really... begin explaining to you how it was playing with him. It was so weird. It's like, <laughs> Detective she Rage. told me about that after that session happened. First and last name, Detective Savage Rage. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm sitting there like, excuse me? And then I saw the video, I'm like, yep, this is just as ridiculous <laughs> as it sounded. Detective Rage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that but, was that was insane. <laughs> but um uh yeah, so it's it had to have kind of a beginning, middle, and end. Uh usually is kind of the best ones. Uh but there have been some videos I've released that have are like, this is gold. Where it's just like a, a little small snippets <laughs> of stories. There was one I ran where it was like Bitey the Spider, and then it was like the church, and then Bernard the whale, the flying whale, and yeah. killing the guards in the, the tomb. Where it's like, this is really funny. It's not a beginning, middle, and end. It's just a collection of funny stuff that mm-hmm. happened. Nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, there's been moments where, like, <laughs> small jokes in our campaigns uh, that were memes at our table yeah. have become memes on your channel. Uh, Marcos oh, yeah, yeah. likes to point out the Tar Hogar. Tar Hogar. <laughs> He's like, it blows my mind that I just see people like on Twitter saying the thing I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I think that was also the craziest thing was the fact that you guys would come up with one-liners and they make it into the video, and it's like, oh, you're, you know, whatever. And then it would be like a year later, like suddenly people are quoting that. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> that's what, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it was the Tar Hogar, Garethor. And I think you guys also did the the war- the warning, the sort of warning. I yep. warned you. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Such people a good were weapon. coming on that. And then, um, yeah, God, there's been Prospector Jenkins, like a <laughs> grim lot of servant people, of death. Grim servant of death. <laughs> yep, that was Eric. Um, Aaron also asked, "What is your favorite story you've done, and why?" And oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll do I think I think the uh, I think the the collection of stories or. I think I really like this. Uh, there was one of the recent ones where it was like um, the D&D live event. Or, mm-hmm. or sorry, not the live event. It was, um, I forget what it was, Last Tales of the Yawning Portal. Oh, okay. Where it was like the booze kraken and it was like the convention game that I ran. And that one I thought was interesting because it had a really nice beginning, middle, end. But then in addition, it was just like, it was just a, it was such a crazy session, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to be having a competitive D&D game and you guys are going to be collecting. And it's like, I'm not going to be doing that. Not going to be for this <laughs> in that. And then, you know, we're playing along and then the entire session, there's like all these crazy shenanigans happening. It's breakdancing fairies. And then there's the booze kraken. And then there's the kelp ale mermaids and stuff. And then, 
you get to like and and then we found out that i had won that we'd gotten the most points and i'm like oh my god i screwed up in the math oh i did something horribly horribly wrong um well we have one more question it's from uh, milky shots yeah who surprisingly is not just a sword yeah yeah that surprises um this is a different question from the last one it might sound similar from your experience what video are you you most proud of uh most proud of um i really liked the okay i really liked the oh actually i think this this most recent one uh okay i'll I'll do two and cheat i really like (laughs) the fact that this one it's 22 minutes long and that's the longest video i've ever made yeah. it was such an ordeal i actually started i recorded the audio and finished it up october 1st wow of this month and i spent a full 22 days working on it oh my god and um it was it was such a stretch to get that thing released mm-hmm. um and i remember getting to like the 14 minute mark and being like don't it was in a don't I normally finish a video around now <laughs> and then i check the audio I'm like oh but it was also and Here's the crazy thing. I wanted to release it. I was going to release it like a few days ago. And I was a, I had uploaded it to YouTube and I was going to release it. But I found out or I knew that I had cut some of the audio to save time. And I'm like, I can't leave it out. Damn it. And so I took <laughs> the video down, didn't release it, and then edited the, the audio and put it in. Because I'm like, I need to tell the full story. Yeah. Um, then the other video I kind of like is uh, when I was playing a Sauron in, uh, in the tabletop game. And I just, it was fun because it's like you got to, I get to show like Middle Earth and everything. Mm. And then I got to interpret like a lot of the characters of like, how does the Balrog look? Like, what does Smaug look like? What does Sauron look like? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and stuff. And I didn't want him to look exactly like he looked like in the movies because in the movies he's just covered in armor. Yeah. And so we had to take some of it off. Um, (laughs) So I kind of liked playing that one. Um, And it's also, it's just a, the, the funny aspect also about that one was that I'd look at the comments and the comments were like really nice of like, oh, I think you portrayed Sauron actually quite accurately because of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, thanks, that's really nice. And I'm like, wait a second, this is a trap. Because (laughs) what the thing is that what I know is that comments can be contrarian. Like if I say I like blue, all the comments are like, I like red, red's the awesome, blue is stupid, something like that. And so what I realized was that I said that I had probably misportrayed Sauron in the video and so because of that, everyone Everyone's was saying, saying the contradictory. So they're giving me compliments and saying that I did a great job portraying <laughs> him. Well, there you go. That's a pro tip. You heard it first. But it was, it, it was also <laughs> just because it was like, I'm like, oh, he's an e-, like, I want to p- portray him as an evil blacksmith. Yeah. And some people who had read the books were like, that's actually kind of accurate. Like he's an evil blacksmith <laughs> uh, <laughs> or yeah. something like that. Or I was like, I wanted, I was like a middle manager. It was like fussy with paperwork and stuff like that. They're like, actually, if you think about it in the books, like there's actually another villain. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for answering those. Uh, thank you that, for being on the yeah. show. Yeah. No, yeah. No problem. This has been a total this blast. Awesome. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you guys for having me. Yeah. For sure. I, I hope you had fun answering our, our questions and whatnot for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That was fun. laughs> uh, well, if you enjoyed this episode of. Uh, 
please uh, leave a review on whatever podcast service you might be listening to. And if you'd like to help out even more, you can uh, go and tell your friends about it because that'd be really cool. Yeah. And I'm sure you already subscribed to Puffin for us. Uh, yeah! <laughs> but, you know, go do it again. Uh, <laughs> Double subscribe. Make another account. <laughs> go subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, real quick, do you, do you have anything you want to plug real quick? I know you said uh, no at the beginning. I do not have anything I want well, to Well, the, the PAX Unplugged thing. Oh, PAX Unplugged. I'm going to be in PAX Unplugged. I'm going to PAX Unplugged <laughs> is where I'm going. You got a panel, though, I've got you? a panel. Yes, yeah. a panel. I'm going to be there at PAX Unplugged. PAX Unplugged, you said. Yes, PAX Unplugged. PAX Unplugged. <laughs> um, if you would like to have uh, your question on the show answered by us or just a topic or a story, whatever you want. I know it's probably forcing you to be here next time and do it, but hey, we're fun too. Uh, <laughs> you can send those in to difficultyclass at gmail.com. You can stay up to date on the show on our Twitter, which is at difficultyclass, or our Instagram, which is at difficultypodcast. And until next time, don't get killed by crossing Savage Rage. Yeah, savage Rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.